Welcome to another edition of the Sideline Junkie Sunday Rise. It's me, it's me, it's the big guy, KG, sitting in with these two gentlemen. The man that pays all the bills, keeps the lights on in the studio, the boss, BJ. The one that is the fat poet on his downtime. If he turns the hat forward, he's been. If he turns it back, back, which he's the midnight rider. Ladies and gentlemen, the midnight rider. What's up? What's up? How y'all doing this morning? What's going on, man? Well, I'm doing great, man. How you feeling? Uh, if it wasn't for the dreams, baby, I'd be feeling good. I got you. Uh, just last night was just a, a roller coaster ride of emotions in my dream. I'm like, damn, how the hell are you emotional in your dream, dude? Long, long as it's not a PP dream. No, no, no. No, no. no. no it's not one of those. Laying on the beach, and you're like, man, this water on the beach is just beautiful. And then you wake up, and you just in a puddle. Nah, Jack. Nah, Jack. Don't want no parts of that. But other than that, I am well. Uh, we got a few things to talk about, so let's jump into it. Game one of the NBA Finals is done and in the books. Denver wins it. Uh let me pull that back up. Uh oh. Denver, uh, in my opinion, <laughs> dominated Miami. Miami couldn't shoot for anything in this game. Oh man, come on, just give me game one. That's all I want. Just give me game one. 104-93 was the score. Uh Denver shot 50% from the field compared to Miami's 40%. Miami shot 13 of 39 from three, Denver eight of 27. Here's a disparity. The Nuggets went to the line 20 times, hitting 16. The Heat only went to the line for two shots. That's a big disparity. Uh, rebounding was even 40 oh, well, close to even 45 to 43 in favor of the Nuggets. Uh, assist was almost on par 29 to 26 in favor of the Nuggets. Nuggets had more turnovers, but they also had more points in the paint with 46 compared to Miami's 38. Uh, Jokic gave you a triple double as you know, as expected 27. 10 boards, 14 assists. Murray, 26 and 10. Uh, Brown gave you 10 points, 14 from Porter Jr., who had an amazing game. He played well that whole entire game. No, he he even gave 13 boards. No, he didn't. Because I, I had him going for 15 in the parlay, and he only got 14. So forget him, man. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Everybody was praising him. Aaron Gordon had 16. He did his job. Uh, I had him for 15. He got 16. Murray. For the Heat, Jimmy Butler only gave you 13. Uh, 26 and 13 from uh, Bam Adebayo. Vincent gave you 19. Lowry gave you 11. Highsmith gave you 18. Then after that, you got three from Martin. Goose egg from Struss. Three from Duncan Robinson. Uh, Jovic, Ustrev, Vin, and Zeller all gave you goose eggs. So, what was your overall thought, gentlemen, on game one of the finals? Go ahead, B. 
Um, before I, I don't know um, if I ever said it on the broadcast, but I I predicted Denver in six, and and here's why: Jokic. Denver is a way more complete team. Miami, even though they're the eighth seed in the East, they're, they're, we know they're not an eighth seed. You know, they're very inconsistent. They have, of course, Jimmy Buckets and then Bam, but then they have a lot of players on their team. Um, Kyle Lowry's hit or miss now because he is Kyle Lowry's not in the same situation he was in in, in Toronto where that's his squad. He's that's not he. It's a different role for him. But if you don't get 70, 80 percent of your offense from Bam and Jimmy, these other guys on this roster, 100 percent is not enough for them. They have to give like 130 percent for the heat to win. And when you're running on that, they're going to be games where you're just out of gas. And when you're running against a team where Jokic is a walking triple double, and that's that's not even a hundred percent. That's just him on the court. Um, and then you have Porter. Then you have um, Murray. Then you have all these other pieces that make it that much easier. These guys. This is a team that the Denver team can run on eighty percent and beat this Miami team. This Miami squad got to be running at one hundred and twenty-five percent at all times. And when the the crazy thing is. When the Miami squad is running at 125%, they can beat anybody in the league. But the problem is you can't run at 125% consistently. So you'll have these games where Jimmy Butler has 13 points because he just gave you all he had in the East Finals to get out of that. Now he's here. It's a whole different beast. That's the first thing. The second thing is how many teams are built from the inside out in today's NBA? That's the other issue. Denver's built from the inside out. There's a whole different league. Now you have a guy in the paint. Um, it's not quite what we saw from Shaq as far as dominance, but they're, I mean, Bam, I think Bam is probably one of the more um, better defenders against him, but it's still a challenge for him. So it's just like you have this guy on the court that, like I said, he sneezed and he has a triple-double. And that's, you know, that's what Bam on him. Like, that's saying a lot. So you already having those issues, and then they still got to guard the other guys. And then you got Aaron Gordon finally, like, finding a role. I think he – I think after he won the dunk contest, I think people expected him to – be the guy and lead a team and that's not who he is and i think he's found a really good spot and i loved him being physical and getting in the paint and 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 hey that that's what you do but he doesn't have to be the guy he has the backup and he can kind of play his role now i just i might i might have to go denver and five on this one now after seeing that game i just don't think miami has i think they're going to get a game but i just don't think in the long term after what they had to do to get, remember, Denver didn't have to play the play-in. Miami has more miles on them coming into this finals. I think, I think Miami is, is, you know, we we talked about it before we came online. I think they're that fast and furious car that you seen on on fumes in the beginning of the movie. You're like, when are they going to gas up? And they never gas up. But we're not in a fast and furious in this reality, and the car's going to run out of gas. And I think that's where they are. Uh, and they're going to have to look, and I'm not, I'm not being, 
a Wizards hater right now, but they need somebody like Bradley Bill. They need somebody that doesn't have to be the man on the team, but can give you 20 to 30 points easy, just stepping on the floor, but doesn't have to ever have the responsibility of having a franchise on his shoulder. I, and, I'm, and I'm not saying this. I know everybody that listens to this show knows that uh, the, the stain I have for Bradley Bill and the Wizards right now, but Bill would be the perfect addition for the Heat, especially in this situation where they don't really – I mean, Bam, I guess, is your number two scorer. He shouldn't be, <laughs> you know, if, you, if you're trying to beat the Nuggets. But if they had, like, somebody like Bill right now, they would probably – this would probably be a seven-game series. But they don't have that now. They need somebody else to help Jimmy Butler and Bam. They, they really do. The, the other guys are just glorified role players. So I like what you said. I think, I think honestly, the big part is where you started your conversation with Gordon um, because I think Gordon took Caleb Martin out of the ballgame. The fact of his height, his length, post, I think the first three trips and letting him dominate Martin. And then all after that, Martin was never heard from again. I think Martin only gave you three points. And I don't even think he played significant minutes because you couldn't have him on the court. Um, I think this series will make a change in game three um, because as Doc Walker likes to say, um, every now and then we need a hero. And in game three, Tyler Hero is supposed to be coming back. So maybe a hero will come along and help Miami lengthen this series to six games. Um, from a basketball standpoint, I think Miami's problem was they struggled from outside and they didn't go to the cup enough. And by them not going to the cup enough, in turn, also led to them only having two free throws on the night. I thought they should have had more. Um, there was a couple situations where things didn't happen. Um, but if you're de- depending on Kyle Lowry, my memory of Kyle Lowry in Toronto was he would ghost DeMarco, um, um, DeMar uh, DeRozan in important games. He'd come out with a zero-point game or a three-point game. So, so I'm not big on Kyle Lowry at all. Um, I actually thought it was a facade when he helped out Kawhi Leonard in those playoffs because that's what everybody remembers. Nobody remembers him from before that when he didn't show up. That's that's just my theory on that. I think Miami can give this 2-6, but that's as far as it's going to go. And I think they just need to shoot better. That's all. I think they had tired legs, and I think finally, for some reason, Bam decided to actually be a basketball player last um, two nights ago. And attack the and take shots that he could get, take the mid-range shot, stop forcing it, and, and that's what you get. So if Bam comes out and continues to play like he played, everybody else shooting will improve because they can't shoot any worse. And I think just because of the law of averages, it'll it'll even itself out. And I think we'll have a real good game tonight. Leroy and Edwin say the same thing, and they say Denver just looks too big for Miami. That's what Leroy says. And Edwin says, Miami don't have the size defensively impact what Denver does. And I agree. Uh, so that's Edwin why you jumped says, it up. Oh, okay. He also says, how good is Bam as a defender? That's all. Hey, that's a good question. Because somebody oh. asked, why in the world do you have Cody Zeller on Jokic? That's the easy to. bucket. You have to. That's your biggest guy. That's the easy no, bucket. Anybody else, anybody else is most in the house. 
he he put him on it's his butt. No matter who you put on him, you put Bam on him. Bam's too light now. Excuse the language, but he is. He's too light. You don't have anybody else. You put you can put Kevin Love on him, but Love doesn't slim down too much, so he's not going to be a factor. So where where do you get it from? And before I say anything else, I need them to stop this Jokic talk. Like he's the greatest passing big man ever. I guess we don't remember Arvita Sabonis. I, I don't know. I don't know. I, do. I mean, I mean, I mean, what am I missing here? Arvidas is one of the best passes. And if we, even if we gotta go further than that, you can go to Chris Webber and um Vlade Divac in Sacramento. Like, let's stop acting like every time we get a star, they've recreated the greatest thing or they've become the greatest thing since sliced bread. Like, let's acknowledge the past, let's give some reverence to it, and stop making these jokers the best thing since 2022. Like, that's that's all I'm asking. But see. The thing is, the past doesn't exist. Nothing, it, you know, anything pre-2003, it was a bad era. It was plumbers and and and, and congressmen and firefighters. It, it was no, no talent in the league. None. No talent in the league. That's what it was prior to 2003 because once the LeBron James era started, everything became more fast-paced and more – a uh, 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 finesse and it's a better era because nobody in the 2000s can keep up with anybody in the 90s. I mean, the 90s can't keep up with the 2000s. The 80s ain't doing this. That's the way That's the way the mentality is. And Eric Willis says, thanks for the trailblazer love, cuzzo. <laughs> uh, just remember, but, Shaq, just, just don't forget to lob the Shaq. That's all I'm saying, cuz. Moving right along. Uh, here, here's, a, here's a thought. You talk about uh, Kevin Love slimming down, Bam being light in the ass. How about we put 40-year-old Udonis Haslam out there for a couple of minutes just to beat up Jokic just a little bit? Because he got weight. You're, you're joking. You're I joking. Done that. Yes. I, and that's – that's I would have – he's 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 a bu- bully, right? You put him out there. This is the finals. Can you give me 10, 15 minutes? Lean on him. Tire him out. Tire him out. Get him the old school treatment. Foul him. Make him mad. Try to get in his head. I just need I need six fouls and 15 minutes from you. That's it's a form of do you want to this NBA finals? Do you want to win the NBA finals? You know, I would if I'm Miami, I, I don't have one person checking them all game. I try to have, even though Bam's light in the ass, he's more athletic. Try to put a, a couple of people on him. Have him. Like, look, he's he's a joker for a reason. He's going to adapt. He's going to dominate whoever you put on him. But it might be just that split second where maybe Bam can get to a pass quicker or get to a get to a block quicker than Zella can. Maybe Love, you know, he's a veteran. Maybe he got a couple moves, you know, and, and some body work he can put on him. Um, you know, switch some things out. Triple team him. Go back to a double team. Switch. You, you, you got to do. You got to try everything. You got to throw the kitchen sink at this guy because he's going to triple W to death. And it, it's is like if you're going to triple double me, I like you. You go. To, I want you to work for it. I want you to be tired going off the court, hurting your arm, your shoulder sore. You know, you're trying to fire. You Donna has some address because you want to go to his house now. I want you to be mentally out of it. I don't want you to just walk and get a triple double and then leave the court smiling and you know you you thinking about your fit for the next game. No, you you got to earn that. So, uh, so I think the I think personally, Miami did 
a good thing going to the zone, but I'm I'm flipping the zone. So I, you know me, I'm a I'm a junk defense guy. So I've already said we're gonna come out dominant one with um with Jokic being the focus of the diamond. Uh, we we double team him on certain things, and you just try to just change stuff up. And all you do is after a timeout, boom, you hit him with something with a different defense and a different look for a quick minute or two, and then you try to make your run. The other problem was Miami just missed shots, shot after shot after shot the other night. And it was it was bad, and it was the bad part about was um, it was shots that these guys normally take. Struce missed his normal shots. Um, uh, what's the other kid's name? Um, Martin didn't show because he got taken out defensively. So this is a game where I think all those guys get a chance to come back. And the only problem I think um, Miami has is some of Denver's guys on the side, like Kentavious Caldwell Pope. Didn't get his. Um, he also messed up the parlay, but that's that's a whole other thing. But KCP is another guy that I think he gets involved. But the beauty of it got it got overcovered because Bruce Brown came out and gave you twelve points. Um, if I'm not if I'm um, correct, and and that's where you got your makeup from. So the good thing is when you're at home, the role players play well, and I think that's what Denver got. All their role players showed up. And unfortunately for Miami, their role players didn't. And then Jimmy had a regular season Jimmy night instead of a playoff Jimmy night. Uh, Eric Willis says, uh, uh, come on, show up. Six fouls going to waste on the bench with, when we're talking about Haslam, which is true. Uh, Leroy says, uh, I love the past players, especially Weber, but I don't remember none of them controlling the game and averaging a triple-double. Game's different now. Like we always like everybody talks about the game, or we talk about these things in in a, in, a, in a um in a bubble. Like we don't give levity to the situation and, and to the difference in the games. And I think we watched that quarterback video uh, where they were talking about the overrated quarterback. And I think one of the biggest problems that that kid had in that video that he posted was he didn't give levity to the fact that this is a whole different football game. Football in the 70s compared to the 80s to the 90s to now, and let's take it to basketball. Even basketball in the 80s and 90s, you was playing inside out. Now in the 2000s and and, and after, you're playing outside in, and then now you got this guy that he's kind of a cheat code, but he's not really. You know what I'm saying? But but you the difference is he's bigger than everybody. That's because the guy that's seven, that's six ten, two ninety, doesn't have a place in the league. So that's why he gets to dominate because if that guy is 6'10", 290, or 280, and he's playing in the block, well, nobody's going to the block because of analytics. We've analytic the big guy out of basketball. He's just the, the guy, the transition, to take over. He's the space keeper. He's the gatekeeper. He's the guy that makes it look good because he can do all the other little things. And I don't think he even really goes in the post that much. And I don't want it. I don't want it to sound like we're taking anything from Jokic because it's a no, other yeah, set yeah. of foot guys in the league that can't do what he's doing. That's true. It, it's a it's a seven foot guy in Philadelphia that couldn't get his team out of the East. You know, it's um it's a seven foot guy in LA that is basically invisible at times. So, you know what he's doing, and and then you just like you know you go back 
you go back a generation before this, Shaq, you had Shaq in the league dominating David Robinson, Sabonis, all the centers, all the <laughs> Patrick Ewing. Like, you, we're not talking about scrubs. We're talking about Hall of Famers that got to a guy and he was just too physically dominant. And I think that's kind of it's, – it's a hybrid version of what's going on with Shaq because Joker is not physical like Shaq. Nobody was, I don't think. But yeah, you're, seeing like a, you, you're seeing like a hybrid version of that type of dominance where this guy is just – he's good. He, he, You know, the joke is he can't jump over a textbook, but he's putting it putting it in a stat sheet. He's fundamentally sound, and that's something that this league – is missing fundamentals and when somebody comes in with some fundamentals from the ground up the game looks totally different and that's what you're seeing from Jokic. and now is he going to transform it you know this is a whole different conversation is he going to transform the draft just a little bit especially people that got to play in the west that have to guard this guy and get out of the west you have to find somebody or a strategy now, are we going to see the Shaq roster where you have to have three or four big guys to foul this man and to, to try to, to check this guy? That's where we're at now. No, the West doesn't who, – who's guarding him in the West? Not Anthony Davis. Not Aiton. Not, definitely not DeAndre Aiton. He, he, ain't guarding, he ain't guarding G League players. I, we take him out of the equation completely. But, but if you're a Western Conference team – not even a Western Conference team. If you're Miami, if you're Milwaukee, if you're well, Indiana, I think in Milwaukee. Go ahead, oh, I'm sorry. No, I think if you're in Milwaukee, I think I think that's Giannis. Like Giannis is strong enough and big enough that's gonna he's gonna at least be there. And but you don't want that for Giannis the whole night because you want Giannis to get his basketball game off exactly. um, and his yep. scoring off. So you don't want him focusing on the defensive. And or putting too much energy in on the defensive side. I think you're totally right. But I what I mean, we watch basketball now. Unfortunately, we're not getting another guy that's seven feet, two fit, I mean two seventy, that's that's a that's um agile like this guy right now. I think a lot of the times we get the the victim Wimbayamas, seven five, but he's 155 pounds. You know, you get um, yeah, a lot of these other bigs that are they're, they're seven feet, but they're only like a hundred pounds, you know, when they go into the paint, so they can't do anything. They've gone to the tall, slim guy instead of, instead of the tall, dominant guys. Let me get to some of these comments. Uh, Edwin Garnett says, I'm sorry, Edwin Garrett says, There's nobody that can stop the Joker, you got to slow everybody else down. That's what I like to call the KD defense. How do you stop KD? Let KD go to hell off for 60, shut everybody else down. Love that. Well, the, uh, the, I think the difference is, and real quick, is the shooter thing. So that's that's the that's the difference in Denver is they have enough shooters around him that kind of combat that. Go ahead, I'm sorry. Uh, he also says, Love UH, Udonis has him, but look like he's ready for to have a beer and a number five from China Walk. <laughs> he do look. They was chanting for that man to come in a couple weeks ago. He looked down the bench like, no. <laughs> he like he's done. He's like he's he's good. But I, I would love to see him getting there and get physical one last time. Uh, how did how did Joker dominate AD? 
Well, I mean, in that game, in that series, he he got whatever he wanted, no, no matter where he was playing at. I think the difference was LA kind of took AD off of him a little bit and let AD kind of play center field. Um, and anything that came towards the rim, that's where AD got involved. But okay. I think really LA is just a healthy LeBron from actually winning that series or LeBron realizing that he's 6'9", 270, and he can put his back to the basket instead of being LeBron Curry. And and it is, I don't want to throw just AD under the bus. I'm going to throw all the bigs under the bus that Denver played against because if you can't stop this man from walking or triple-double and getting what he wants, he's dominating. It don't right. matter if you got if you got 40 points on your side, nobody cares that you got 40 points because y'all not in the finals. The LA's not in the finals. It, it, it doesn't matter. Third place don't matter. It matters when you here <coughs> and what you did getting here. So not he right. didn't just dominate LA's bigs. He dominated every big on the way to them getting to the finals, and he's gonna do the same thing to Miami. And that's why I was saying now, we're your Chris Dudley's because you need somebody in there that can take some punishment, some fouls, some hard fouls. This is when this is when you need your 80s basketball. Hey, you're not coming in here without a scratch mark or uh, getting hit hard. And that's, you know, that's not that's not today's NBA. And that's probably they probably go to jail if they do it. But you 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 got to foul this guy hard, man. You got to you got to you make him think a little bit about coming to the paint. Just a little bit. And uh, Edwin says Joker definitely a throwback and a great, great question about, you know, building rebuilding the rosters. Of uh, from from uh the boss BJ, uh Eric Willis says jokes Joker is basically a healthy Sabonis in his prime, which we never got to see in the NBA because Russia holding on to to him too long and injuries. I've said that both parts of that that that's all Joker is. He's Sabonis, and we saw what Sabonis could do on two bad knees. Imagine what he could have did if he would have came over eighty six. That means you would have had Sabonis, Petrovich with Drexler. Terry Porter, Jerome Curse, you would have had – I don't think they would have lost to the Pistons. I don't think they would have lost six. to the Bulls. L.A. in six. I don't you think they would have lost to the Pistons. You say 86? No, that's when, they, that's when they came over, but they didn't go to the finals until 89. But I'm just saying, you said 86, right? So that's we had championships in 87 and 88, so still Lakers in six. Y'all didn't win the championship in 86. Arguably one of the greatest teams ever won the championship in 86. I understand that. I'm saying 87, 88, we still win. 86, we still win. I just said 86, they come over. He was drafted in 86. I, I understand that. I'm just saying he'd have came over, but he'd have gone back in time for the summer because he'd have been he'd have missed he'd have lost in the playoffs. That's all I'm saying. Here we go. Uh Leroy agrees with uh with Eric. Edwin loves uh, LeBron Curry. And uh, if Joke is hitting 30 points, 12 rebounds, and those 12 rebounds are uh, 24 plus more. But he meant assists. He said he meant assists. Meant assists. Uh, and Edwin, Edwin, says, uh, Edwin says nobody beats MJ in the finals. Here's the thing. And this is documented fact. As a Bulls fan, I can say this. Without repercussion. Think of every everybody that the Bulls played in the finals. Who had a dominant beat? 
first three peak. Let's talk first three peak because second three peak we had Rodman. Who had a dominant big in those first three? Kevin Duckworth wasn't dominant. Uh, 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 Danny Shays wasn't dominant. Uh, with the late, who was the Lakers center? Uh, Sam Perkins and Eldon Campbell. They weren't dominant. Oh, now you got hate for your boy Eldon Campbell. It's, I said great compliment. Didn't say dominant. But okay. what one thing MJ always said, he never wanted to meet the Houston Rockets in the finals. He he said that that was said in uh, the Jordan Rules. If you haven't read that book, please read that book. It will give you a greater understanding of what happened during that first championship season. And a lot of shit that Scottie Pippen talking now, it'll put that shit to rest too. And, oh, uh, yeah, Divas. Divas wasn't dominant neither. But if you had a dominant big going against those Bulls teams, Bill Cartwright, uh, 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 Will Perdue, Scott Williams, and Stacey King was not keeping up with any guy, anybody that was dominant. It wasn't happening. That would have been the key to the series. If the Bulls would have faced the Rockets in the mid-90s, that's a seven-game series. But Hakeem Olajuwon is going to be your catalyst in that one. Just saying. Let me tell you something. The Bulls talk? No, I, I just want to say something. And we're not, I'm not, I just, I just need 30 seconds. Michael Jordan is the ultimate diplomat. Says everything the right way. He says what needs to be said. He'll say to, to the cows come home, we didn't want to play the Rockets. The fact of the matter is, if MJ stayed those two years, the Bulls would have eight championships. The Bulls never had a dominant inside, never. They were with the today's game in, outside in. They didn't play inside out. In the 80s and the 90s when it was still inside out, they were playing outside in. I don't care who is on the Rockets team in 94-95. If Jordan stays, there is no debate because he's 8-0 in the finals. <laughs> he didn't well, say. Edwards say they bounced Ewan in the East, but here's the thing. How did they beat Ewan? What did, what did Ewan have as a supporting case? They used KD defense. Let Ewan do his thing. He he dogged he dogged the shit out of uh Bill Cartwright in those years. Yeah, he but did. the 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 if you if you really look at this is why Jordan's so great. If you look at the the Knicks team, they actually had a better roster overall bench. Bench, if you go go to the Knicks, Jordan is the catalyst on the Bulls. Jordan Pippen. I need a pen. Okay, need a pen for that. Go look need at a pen for that. Knicks, need a pen for that. Pen. They just couldn't. They just couldn't be Jordan. Pen. Was it? I mean, when you got a guy that's going through the playoffs, averaging forty points a game in the playoffs, I get. I get that. I get that. But what I'm saying is, that's the only thing that Jordan never had was a dominant big man. Imagine him with a dominant big man. He didn't. He didn't, didn't, he didn't need one. He didn't. He would have. He would have emasculated the dominant big. Yeah, he would. He, he would never. Because he, he was the big. The way and they were in the triangle. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. I'm no. I'm listening to you preach. Go, please, <laughs> please, please. 
No, he's the I dominant big in this. Because when Chicago needed the basket, where did Jordan go? He went to the block. Yeah. And, and, and that's how the, the, the triangle really ran off Jordan off the block or Pippen off the elbow. But if I mean, if you're not looking at basketball a certain way, you don't see all that. So now, that's why they they never needed a dominant big because whenever Mike needed the bucket, where did Mike go? To the post, right? But now here's my thing: I'm not saying that to say, oh, the Bulls were fluke and this that. I'm not one of those people because I'm never gonna say my team was fluke. Never. No, you have to just never mind. Go ahead. Now, uh, Leroy says Jordan beat Ewan and Morning and Shock on the way to the finals. Now, see, here's the thing. People will give you Ewan and, and, and Morning, right? But they'll say, oh, well, Shaq was young. He beat a young Shaq. That don't count. I've had people tell me that. Oh, I said, we beat him in 90, in 96. We swept well, him. Here's, and here's, the, here's, the, here's the, the killer to that argument. In 1996, when they rolled out top 50, in 96, that would have been Shaq's fourth year, Shaq was on the top 50 yes already yes it, it, I you just listen to these arguments and these excuses now there's no excuse for when Jordan came back they lost to Orlando they lost but Shaq we're not talking about 10 years into his career he was already his first season he was like uh yes yeah, there's something wrong here this dude this dude is serious he was already top 50 in his fourth year and was humble about it because he didn't feel like he belonged up there with Kareem and, and Bill and, and Will. He didn't feel like he belonged up there. He had the respect for those guys. But uh, that's I got I need to, I gotta get I gotta get my BC powder. I'll be back. <laughs> no, 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 that's that's a great point. And it's also because you know Stack's dad was a historian. And he was the guy that pushed a whole lot of that that whole um, narrative, and made sure he understood what he was doing and where he was at in his place and time. So that definitely is a great great point by BJ. And you know, if you find the video, it should be somewhere in the sideline junkies twenty four seven group. But it's the video, the behind the scenes video of Shaq sitting on the sofa. He had Walton on one side, Chamberlain and Russell on the other, and they were just talking basketball. He was sitting there like this. Like a little kid, just soaking it all in. He's a student of the game. That's one of the reasons why I love Shaq. The, the, what he said about George Mikan, he was like, if there was no George Mikan, there would be no me. I love that because you pay homage to the past, what came before. I it's love a it. Clip, it's a clip folding out there where he's Shaq's talking about Dwight Howard, and he's trying to break down. He's like, I'm not hating on him. Oh, I um, love that clip. Trying, and he's basically trying to give him tough love and be like, look, you know what? I, and, and this is in my words, you could be so much better and so much more dominant than you are. And Dwight t- taking it the wrong way. And it's just like, I'm giving you the cheat code. I'm telling you, I'm. it's not like it's coming from Scott Williams or, or, or Vladi Diva. It's coming from Shaq, somebody that was dominant. And, and I say this about today's game and today's players all the time. The Shacks, it makes you appreciate the Shacks, the Kobe's, the the Jordans, the Pippins, the Magics, the Birds, that extra gear. And that extra right. gear is made of platinum and it, it doesn't break. And when they get to that extra gear, it sets them above, far and beyond and the whole rest of the field. 
And the, the look, the, the Jordan LeBron debate is cute. There is no debate. I will not. I, I'm not debating with anybody about where Jordan and, and LeBron are and who's. I'm, I'm not. It's 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 it's, it's, wow. it's not the same. That has to, have, that has to be a conversation at least. <sighs> it's, it's for it's me. No, 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 because it's, it's it's a healthy sports talk conversation if done the right way. If we're not bashing LeBron and we're not bashing trying to bash Jordan and we honestly talk as as basketball fans, there's a conversation that has to be had here because because LeBron is done. And, and, and see, this is the part I hate about the two of you guys because you make me seem like I'm a LeBron lover, and I don't. My guy's Kobe and Magic. But I have to at least give this guy his legitimate say in this. Like, this guy has put in some great – he came in at 18 and, and and he didn't he just didn't disappoint at all. His first game, I think he gave you 22, 7, and 9 or something crazy like that. Like the kid didn't shy away. The kid was called the chosen one from 16. He was on the cover of Sports Illustrated for the, those next two years. Like, like let's not act like what LeBron has done is something that you can just walk into. Like, you gotta be special. You gotta be real special to walk into his steps, his the pressure. Alone, Jordan didn't have this pressure coming in because we thought he was the fourth, the fifth or sixth best player in '84. Yep. You know, he and, he, I, and I, he got that pressure later on. This kid walked in with the 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 the, the pressure of being the man. And I don't care what anybody says about his playoff experience, but that series against Detroit when he scored those twenty nine straight points. Like that kid put in work, and I will not let people talk, dog this guy because he's put up a respectable career. So I, he has to have a conversation, even if you love Jordan to the highest of Jordan speak. Mm-hmm. It has to at least be a conversation had. And, you, and what you said, it has to be a healthy conversation between two people that know sports, not bashing, right? Not doing this, okay? I've always said from Jump Street, and I just the career, not just the basketball career, the family man, the giving back to the community, everything he's done puts him on another level. I've always said that. I've always said, I don't understand. I posted something in our group. I don't understand how y'all hate this guy. Right. Now, if you if you, if you you have basketball hate from him, a healthy basketball hate is fine. That's okay. But the general hate, just like the human, I don't get. I don't get that. Um, but it's we'll, we'll, that's another show for another time. It's just certain things. And his basketball career, not anything off the, off the floor, he's done. That, for me, it still puts MJ above him. He's in the, okay. he's in he's, he's on the same cloud, but Jordan, Jordan hasn't moved out the cheer, if that makes sense. No, that makes all because, the sense in the world. It's like, a, it's like a Mount Rushmore. And, like, you know how on Mount Rushmore – the, the faces have – there's three faces on the same plateau, but there's one that sits a little bit higher than the other three. That's kind of how – that's how that's how I'm taking this from you. And, and it's like Jordan and, and, sits a little bit higher, yeah. and then and then everybody else is on the same level. But they still and, and, are on Mount Rushmore. And y'all know how I am about when you put people great. And y'all know how right. that space is limited for me. Very LeBron James, LeBron James. If we if we're only picking four for Mount Rushmore of the NBA history, he's knocked somebody off of that Mount Rushmore. He he's on there with Jordan. 
Jordan's right. above. Jordan's looking down at three people. LeBron's one of those people. I think Magic has, has to be one of those people just because of what he did for the league. I don't know who the fourth four person is because it's hard. You, you have a history of people in there. It, it's not – and I ain't trying to be funny with the, the top 75 list, but it damn sure is not Anthony Davis. It's not Damian Lillard. It's not James Harden. It's never going to be Joel Embiid. It's not going to be uh, Bradley Bill. It's never going to be Jimmy Butler. It's, ne- it's guys that will never be on that. Never. 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 Like, I have my standard for greatness, and, and when you call goats, never. These guys will never be on this list. Never, ever. Patrick Ewan isn't on that list. Um, Lajuan is not on that list. We're talking about we're talking about these four people. They're not on that list. All right. Well, <laughs> I, I get what you're saying. We we gotta we 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 gotta run. Let, let's go through these comments real quick, and we gonna run because we got two more things to get to. Uh, Edwin said, uh, "MJ was the post player." Boom. And Jordan invoked. Fear in the world of basketball. That's that's true. Uh, Eric Willis said uh, Shaq paid for Mike's funeral that he did, and his dumbass team that drive the same freaking buoy instead of Jordan. They did that because they had Drexler. That's why. And uh, the second dumbest move was driving the old man Greg Oden over Durant. Hey, they thought he was the next big thing. Uh, next up. Frank Vogel to the Suns, five years, $31 million. Uh, What does this mean for the Suns? Is this a good move, bad move, or are you just indifferent to it, fellas? It means the Suns are making it to the second round of the, the, the East, the West, the West Conference playoffs, maybe the finals, and they'll choke. That's what that means. It doesn't mean anything. It, means it doesn't Chris mean anything. It doesn't, yeah, it means, it means Chris Paul is going to get hurt in game three, and Kevin Durant. Uh, that's another name I forgot. He'll never be on the Mount Rushmore ever. He'll he'll have to figure out that, damn, I'm not that guy. I'm not – I don't deserve this title, Slim Reaper. I can't carry this team to the finals. I'm not as good as I think I am. That's all it means. It means Devin Booker's going to score 88 points, and they're going to lose in six uh, uh, six games. That's what it means. It doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean anything at all. It doesn't move the needle. Uh, I don't think any of these coaching highs have moved the needle. Just retreads. Midnight Rider said something before we got. It's a player's league. And the players can fail immensely and run the teams and the franchises into the ground, and the, the, the coaches are going to take the axe. Doesn't mean anything. The Phoenix Suns, I, I say what I said earlier. Unless they drafted somebody that can check Jokic, it don't matter. Enjoy y'all, enjoy y'all second round of the West, the West playoffs. Have the gorilla run up and down the floor, flip. Don't matter. Denver will be in the finals. And, and if LeBron gets healthy to L.A., it'll be L.A. and Denver again. If LeBron comes back healthy, we, we're not talking about Phoenix. I don't care who they add. Well, I think I think, I think you took the, the answer right there. I mean, only difference for me is for us in D.C. is Thursdays. I take the little blue bin, um, take it out to the corner, to the curb, and sit it out for the trash. It's a recycle bin. That's all we're doing. That's all the NBA really is. Is it's recycle bin coaching. 
just go to the curb on, on Thursday. I don't know what your day is, but whatever your day is, and your blue bin got to go out, that's what this is. He's – we're at a point now in the NBA where we're not creating new coaches. All we're doing is recycling whatever's been there. And, and, and it's sad because a guy like a Sam Cassell, for whatever reason, can't get a, get a job. I think I know the reason, but um, – because I've been in corporate America and I know how that works. But I'm not going to go there – to a certain extent, because I just think he's not the answer or the person that they want to see on the screen. <sighs> and and some of it is aesthetics. Let's not let's not be be crazy about it. They like the good looking dude to coach the team. And Sam ain't a good looking guy. Eric Wheeler. Going back to the conversation we just had, he said Jordan Jordan could have played the two, Drexler could have played the three. <sighs> Give up them Kiki Vandaway dreams, bro. <laughs> uh, Edwin said they need to get rid of CP3. I think uh, that's this Kyrie, whole decision. Uh, Kyrie to the Suns. Oh, Jesus. Kyrie to the Suns is just going to be the uh, the Phoenix Nets, and they just <laughs> they, they're going to make it to the second round. And they're gonna they're gonna expire. It, it, I'm just it's. Uh, Leroy Denver says it means means they Go lose ahead. the Joker in Denver. That's what uh signing Frank Vogel does. Right. Uh, Edwin says uh Sam Cassell needs a head coaching position. And for you talking about uh Sam Cassell, his ex- aesthetically a pleasing face. Hey, it's the truth, man. Hey, skills, man. Skills. Nah, it's skills not about good. skills. Think about think about it. Think about, the, think about the NFL coaches. They've hired all these young dudes in the McVay vein. It's 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 the the, the, the whatever dude is from Philly. Those two coordinators. It's 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 a thing, man. And, and I don't care what the world says, but it's it's facts. And that's that's all well, I'm gonna tell you, man. Let's jump on to this question of the day. And this question, uh, I'll let Midnight Rider take it because he can tell you who posed it. Let's go. No, no question of the day came from Edwin Garrett. Um, the question was, is – and Ed, you can always hop in the comments and tell me if I'm saying this wrong. But the question was, is Jamal Murray a Supermax guy? Does he deserve a Supermax contract? No. Okay, that was. I mean, I think I thank you for elaborating. Ah uh, <laughs> man, it's this. Yes. I get where the question is coming from, because if we go bubble Jamal Murray, then he has the injury, and now he's yeah. back. But I think the way the NBA contracts are set up, I think he's kind of in that situation where. He'll get his bird rights from Denver, and that's the extent of his contract because he doesn't he doesn't have an all star appearance and he's not all NBA, so he doesn't technically qualify for the super max. He'll get his max, whatever the max is, um, allowed on his deal, but that's about it. And I and I think he deserves that because it is as dominant as Jokic is. They still need Murray, so if Right. If they if they're gonna do what we think they're gonna do, 
which is win an NBA chip for the first time in their franchise history, right? Right? And Okay. And then once they once they do that, we don't have to talk about what fifteen gets retired and hung in the Raptors in Denver. That's another topic there. I think but both. I think, go ahead. I you know I think if you you if realistically the window for Denver could be like Golden State if you keep these guys together. If it's in the cards and they have the 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 the, the, the power and the salary cap, you keep these two together. And of course, with anything. You know, Aaron Gordon showing off. He's going to get probably a contract offer for somebody. It's just how how it works when you win a championship, whether it's hockey, baseball. You always, you know, another team, you know, comes and plucks your role players and gives them money that you can't give them or you won't give them. Right. Um, so yeah, I would I would give him I would give him his full contract. He looked like he's back, healthy, ready to go. You try not to penalize somebody for for the injuries unless you're Greg Oden and it keeps happening. If you're Anthony Davis, if it keeps happening, if we talk about you know, does Anthony Davis deserve the match from the Lakers? I say hell no. I can't. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't dare open up the checkbook for him. I would send him to Kuwait, and and send like send me back three or four camels. Send send him to Kuwait for whatever basketball team they got in Kuwait. Send me back three or four camels. They could be dying camels, and when they hear they they, they get in the trailer, you open the trailer, it's flies and stuff. I, I, I just get rid of him. Everyone says, does Tatum deserve a Supermax contract? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he has to because he's been the guy in that building. And that's part of the reason why you have to have the other conversation of what does um, Jalen Brown, excuse me, what does Jalen Brown deserve? Because that's more important to me than the actual Tatum. Because I think Brown starts the conversation, and we've had this conversation here before. Brown starts the conversation of being moved because if he wants the super max, you're you're giving you're giving a guy that's the number two option, and he's really the number two option, a, a super max deal. So now we're back. We're in the in the bill conversation because this is what you guys said about Bill. He's not a one. He's a two. Oh, Brown's a two. If we supermax, there's there comes in the, the place where, you know, the trade talks, because there's got to be a three team or some kind of deal where, you know, Bill Lillard and Brown become part of a conversation. I mean, not Brown, yeah, Brown becomes part of a conversation. Like that's part of the conversation Boston, this season. I think Boston has a bigger problem, and, and Gilbert Arena says something that I agree with a hundred percent. Kevin Love barely plays, right? I forgot where he's ranked in the league in the, in the centers. I think it's 30. Al Horford is right above him. Kevin Love doesn't play. Um, Marcus Smart and the other guy, they're 29th and 30th. So you got three of your starters that rank in the bottom of the league. And this is kind of the same thing I'm saying about Miami. If these guys aren't on 125%, if they're not running on ethanol, if you drive your car out today, how many cars do you pass are running on ethanol? Very few. Very, very few. You, you might not even pay. You, go, you might drive around. You might not see a car running on ethanol. So if these guys aren't running on ethanol, giving you 175%, you're not going to win. Tatum and Brown can only do so much. Now, 
they got to figure something else because our our Horford is not the issue, the problem. I mean, the, the solution. Like you're not going to win with him starting. Um, I think that whole lineup, you, they Boston has proven that's as far as they're going to go with that lineup. That's that's it. So if you're going to keep Tatum and Brown, you have to figure out um, something else. If you're going to move Brown, it kind of puts you in the same situation. Even if you get Bill, you know you're going to be in the hunt in the east which doesn't it doesn't say a whole lot but you're not going to make it out the east so you have boston has to figure out um how to upgrade so i'm gonna say this so boston and philly both have had tons of draft picks because of their process and i think this is where you know you and i bj kind of um I rub him the road because I don't believe in the NBA draft. Um, so I'm not really cool with the draft the way – the believing in the draft or building to the draft because I don't think there's enough guys that establish enough in their positions to make the draft worthy. And Boston has had 30 draft picks in the last probably five years, probably 10 years. And for some reason – They've never, they've not been able to build that layer of talent beneath those guys. So yeah, you're getting some out of Marcus Smart, but you're missing all these other guys that you've drafted. They've just kind of just fallen by the side, and nobody holds Boston accountable for it. Nobody holds Philly accountable for it. But they failed in some in some parts of this process that they had. Their limited success has has helped kind of stave this off, but they failed. These experiments have failed to me in terms of building a franchise. If you're depending on Al Horford, if you're depending on – well, Marcus Smart is the top five pick. He's a lottery pick. Smart, Brown, and Tatum. And then outside of that, everything else, nobody's just – nobody's showing up. And that's that's scary for a team that's had the amount of draft capital that Boston's had. And it's the same thing with Philly. They've had a lot of draft capital, but for some reason, nothing's shown up. Well, Edwin says, uh, do all-star selections and all-NBA selections mean anything in this NBA? Yeah, because they they they're points for you in your contract. And that's how these contracts are set up. They're based on whatever accomplishments you've made. And... Uh, Leroy says uh Murray is only a super as a supermax player for Denver only, no other team. I don't know. The way he gave us that that 37 in the first half. I, I don't know. I beg the difference. And Edwin says Tatum stats are damn near the same as Murray's in the playoffs, except Tatum won't have a ring. <laughs> That's funny. I like that. Uh and then Leroy says, Bill Brown Murray posed the question. Do you pay a number two? The Supermax, if they earned it, if you're the Washington Wizards, you have to because you don't have it, you haven't built anything. And I say that all the time when your teams like Washington, you haven't built anything, you have nothing to stand on, you're a poor franchise, and you're trying to put butts in the seats. You pay any and everything walking, you take retreads, you take people that have come off injuries that have a name, you take the White Howards that don't want to be here, you take these guys, you bring them in, you pay them to try to put something together. And if you string lightning in a bottle, like I said, every 15, 20 years and make a second round 
playoff appearance and you get the fans excited and you can sell bobbleheads and, you know, have all these uh, promotions going and, you know, you have a, a good six or seven game first round playoff series and get out of here and then you can be like, buy your tickets for next season. Cause we're going to be dog poo. We're getting rid of all these guys. <laughs> and, and, yeah, so, when your team's like that, that you do that. You pay bad players. So, like, I just, I'm, I, I know you guys have always said, you know, let's tear it down. I just, again, when I look at Boston and Philly, I just don't see the framework of tearing it down. I even look at the Warriors. Like we thought the Warriors were gonna be in a better position where they could just continue this run and this window wasn't gonna close on them because of the Kamingas, because of the guys they drafted. But unfortunately, the guys they drafted just because they're so young, they just haven't brought anything to the table. And now the Warriors are at a spot now where they have to figure out what's the next move because the talent that they thought they were bringing in hasn't done enough to make this this run that they're on stay alive. They can't keep it alive. So now they're at a crossroads and that's dangerous. And that's why when, when I, I hear you guys talk about like tearing it down, I just, I'm just not comfortable with tearing it down because honestly, I think bill for the wizards is the key of tearing it down. If he goes, that's the tear down and there's nothing more to it, but I just don't see this lead from the draft standpoint of bringing in the talent. I don't see the talent coming into this league being significant enough to make you a better team anymore. And, and I and I agree a hundred percent. And and it's different levels of teardown. And I think for Washington, just for, like you said, Bill is the teardown. I think this is actually a better team without him if you have a healthy Kuzma and a healthy Porzingis. I said this before on a couple of other podcasts. If they could get, let's just say for some wily reason. LeBron James and and somebody else came here. They probably have the one of the better sets of role players in the league. They already have a set of role players. They already have a set of guys that can shoot, that know their place. They just missing people that can take you to the next level, which is the East Finals and 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 compete for a championship. They already have a team built. They just don't have the superstars. Right. So they don't they don't need a complete teardown. That's where your GM is so important because you could do your teardown. You could do your teardown in the midst of a championship run with replacing pieces here and there, here and there. If you know how to do it, replace this piece, this piece. This is piece getting older. The fans might hate you for a season or two. They'd be like, oh, but but this guy, I forgot all about this guy. This guy he bore in is, is awesome. And that's how you have to do it. That's how You might have a team that's championship, championship, then they 500 the next season. Then they, they you know, second round next season. And then they back in. That's your, that's your teardown. And then you have teams that are 8th place, 12th place, 12th place, 12th place, 12th place. Mr. Only only two teams don't make the playoffs and you're one of those teams. That's, 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 that's. Let me stop. Let me stop. I'm going to go give it. I'm going to go get some more BC power. Let me say this. The, 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 the. The uh, Washington Wizards are—they have been in rebuild mode since they broke up their last B three, big three. Um, 
you got to look at it. They were in rebuild mode from 1980 to 1996. They had that season in 96, but they were on the cusp. All they had to do was add guys. Instead, they subtracted guys, never added guys back. Then you went from 97 to 2004, 2005. You get the big three for a couple of seasons. Abe dies. They get rid of Jameson. They get rid of Butler. They get rid of Arenas. And then you try to do it with Wall and Bill. You have a little success, but then they've been in rebuild mode. You know, they're like a, a, a blacksmith. They heat up the metal. They never shape it, and then they cut. They they cool it off. So they never shape the roster. They heat it up. Oh yeah, all right. Let me. No, nah, I'm not even gonna fashion this. Cool it off. That's what they do. That's what they do. And if they keep constantly doing that, you're gonna keep constantly getting the same results. That's all I wanted to say. Uh, Edwin says uh, I have. I've always questioned questioned are uh, cities like Charlotte, D.C., NBA cities. D.C., I would say more than Charlotte. Uh, North Carolina is a college basketball state. Charlotte to Vegas, I would be a season ticket holder. <laughs> and uh, Wizards need to start over again. Most of their fans hate them already. I That's do. Sports, yes, I do. I do. That is I hate sports. I hate That's them. their black I, I, won't, I won't spend a dime. Not a dime. I don't want a bobblehead. I don't want a beer. I if I'm walking downtown, I don't want to go to the Calvin I go around it. It's a couple streets over. I don't want to see that thing. Nope. Throwback night where they uh where they they went back. To, I remember they did that one year. They went back to uh 1979, and they was like all tickets are gonna be 1979 prices. We was like, all right, bet. Everything in the upper bowl was 1979, so you couldn't see anything. $9 tickets, and we looking, you got to have binoculars and everything. I said, y'all can't even run a campaign right. Good grief. Enough on the Wizards. Uh, well, it's about that time. We got to wrap that shit up, B. So, Steven Strasburg is speculating that he may never pitch again. Uh, nerve damage in the arm. Uh, here's a theory that I've had for years. The mechanics of pitchers and how soon they start out, you notice that a lot of pitchers are not lasting like Nolan Ryan. Nolan Ryan pitched into his 40s and can still pitch uh, 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 right now in his 60s or 70s, I mean. You notice that pitchers aren't lasting as long because they're starting out as pitchers early and they're burning their arms out early. Yeah. Have you guys noticed that? Yeah, it's the Ben Ben McDonald theory. Like Ben McDonald before he came out of college, uh, was the number one pitcher at LSU, and before Baltimore drafted him, the unfortunate thing was LSU was in the World Series of college baseball, and LSU dogged his arm out that whole season. I mean that whole series to get to the finals and win it, and then when he got to the pros, it just his arm never came back. He never got back. You know, and that's the and that's the sad thing. And the other problem is, like my uncle had a rule. He was like, "You can't throw a curveball until you're 13, 14 years old." And I used to try to figure out what he said. Mike was saying it, but now I get it. It's the torque on your arm that you're putting on there. But now these kids are doing curveballs at 12, 13. They got these pitching coaches and these guys that don't understand the limit. Like they're they're more worried about how successful you are in that moment than what your career is going to be. 
And that's the problem we're having is we've got too many specialized coaches that aren't, they don't do enough work on a research side to talk about your longevity. They only worried about getting you the scholarship in your in college. So once they get you that, that's their bread and butter. That's their ethos. That's what gives them gravitas in the community. So so these teams, these travel teams and all that stuff, they're killing these kids' arms. They're pitching these kids every two, three days and all these tournaments and all this stuff. And if you have if you haven't noticed, every guy that comes in the majors from college, their first in their first four years, they have to have Tommy John. It's a joke. Me and my buddies have a joke that the second the the, the um nationals draft you. Somewhere in the first two years, you're getting Tommy John, and that's what it is. These got they're tearing these kids' arms up in 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 the process of them getting to the league and not even caring about what happens when they get here. Now, Strasburg, let's let's be honest. The Strasburg versus Rendon conversation really isn't a conversation because Rendon never wanted to be the guy. I'm the biggest Rendon fan in the world. Uh, is is literally. Mama Rendon, Daddy Rendon, then me. That's how the Rendon um, fan pool works. And and, and I'm going to tell you this for a fact. The dude didn't want to be the guy, and that's why he left Washington. It wasn't about deferred money. It wasn't about anything. He signed in L.A. where he could sit behind Trout and um, Shohei. He's the third guy there. Nobody's coming to him for interviews. So he gets them to sit in the in the in the, in the um, outside the limelight and get the money. Strasburg, only problem with him was this thoracic surgery just didn't go right, and, and for some reason, I don't know. Um, one of my boys called him the orchid. Um, maybe he's just not tough enough, but I think he's comfortable enough that he he's just not going to work through this, and he doesn't want to work through this. And I give him all the credit in the world for that because. To some extent, like you got to get tired of uh, always rehabbing. Like rehab shouldn't be your 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 main thing that you're doing. Well, jeez, uh, I hope it's not true, but <sighs> if it is, if it is true, this this what he was a part of a Washington team that bought a World Series. There you, you go. Know? And like and like the Midnight Rider said, after a while, and you know we not we're not privy to the behind the scenes, so we don't know you know if he's Bradley Bill comfortable or if he's just tired of getting hurt. You know what I'm saying? You don't know. Uh, hell of a talent, you know. Appreciate what he did here. If it is and it's the end, and it is what it is. I mean, it's you know we're not talking about you know they, them needing him back to make a World Series run. Like that's not it. It's you know, so it, it, you know if that's not it. Then, you know, then you got to think about your personal life, your family, your kids, your function um, beyond baseball. That you have to you have to take those things in consideration. Just like you what you watch, you know, football players and hockey players walk away early so they can walk yeah. later on. You know, so you know I have to take that in consideration. And like I said, you know, 2019 World Series. I would love for him to, to like give up the, the thought process of being a starter and try to be a closer and try to just come in at the end of ball games, um, pitch your 
10 pitches, 20 pitches for that night. And maybe that can be his thing. I don't know if that's in his makeup. I don't know if that's something he would even consider. But as as a Nats fan, like for me, I don't see him as a starting pitcher anymore. I see him as either a guy that's going to come in and close our ball game, and that's it. And, and they've got talent. The kid McKenzie Gore has got the goods. Josiah Gray has got the goods. They're still in with this, but he's he's had some up and down situations. But the kid's gonna be okay. He he can be a fourth or fifth starter in any decent lineup. And then you get Cavalli back next year from um, Tommy John. And they they got arms. They've got enough talent that this team can. I, I gotta give KG all the credit. He had the optimism. I had the pessimism. And, and it looks like optimism is winning right now. Uh, Edwin says, uh, I coach high school sports. I wonder if kids get enough rest. All sports are 365 now. And injuries that occur now were rare when I play high school sports. That's absolutely true. And uh, Edwin, this is, this is great right here. I've been trying to get them to do this for years. Just become Yankee fans, fellas. Come join the fold. What? Come on over here and put on pinstripes. You ain't got to worry about none of that. Hey, who, who whose title is more recent? Who has more? What's what's more recent? See, I mean, you saw what? Maybe six titles? Because that twenty six, you ain't seen twenty of them. Twenty seven in your lifetime. Oh, I'm sorry, twenty seven. So you saw seven in your lifetime, maybe? Maybe. Tell them, I'm asking. I'm asking questions. I just need again, the no. to be real. Tell, tell, tell them again. Because I ain't even got enough fingers to hold up all the rings we got. So, so let me guess. Let me guess. Is he a Notre Dame fan too? Sound like a lot Here of fun. Here we go with the hate. Here I mean, we go I'm with just the saying, hate. I'm just saying. Here we go you know, with the hate. I'm just Here saying. I mean, because if you, if you got an unlimited checkbook, you should have 27 world titles. Nine in his life. Nine in my life. Come on. Come on. I'm good. Come on. You talk about Notre Dame. Who got they, more highs with trophy winners? Do they have do they have 24 carat in their bats too? I'm just I'm just asking because I'm just, you know, it's different between winning national championships and backing into them. Back? Doing the Homer Homer Simpson. Nah, they got, oh, oh, oh. oh, that Florida State 93 should be ours. Because we beat them during the regular season. It should we be. beat them in the regular season. We lose to Boston College. All of a sudden, they win the game. We end up with the same record. Last I saw, any tiebreaker goes to the team that won the head-to-head competition. But, I mean, I'm not going to talk about that. But so you we got two out of one. Here's the thing, though. When, you just, when you're just outright good, you're just outright good. And you don't have to have those issues. You don't lose games that you should have, could have, win and won. That, that's just, and then you don't have to deal with the – BCS, you don't have to deal with all that BS. If you knocked it, if you if you're if you're a bowling ball, and you and you you're gonna strike, you're gonna strike, or you're gonna leave pins up, and you have to clean it up. Hold on, 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 hold on. Since we I mean, talk about the BCS, that. let me say this before we get out of it. We talk about the BCS. We had to deal with the BCS. TCU had to deal with it too. TCU was undefeated and couldn't get ranked higher than four in the BCS. <laughs> Come on now, they were undefeated. The BCS was BS. I'm going to leave y'all with this, okay? 
No, I'm not gonna say it on there. I can't say it on. I'm gonna have to say it. I, I'm gonna have to say it. Uh, I'm gonna have to say it in the chat. I'm not gonna say that online. Uh, Edward says everybody pays for titles. Everybody got a payroll. Check out Alabama. And backing into yeah, we never backed into a championship. We went trip, out like trip, stumble, hey, trip, cracked your head open and, and rolled over to the finish line. And they giving y'all CPR over the finish line because y'all done rolled over the finish line and, and got there. Shout out to Jordan Steffi. That's all I'm oh saying. For the Merlin guy. Shout out to Jordan Steffi. All right, fellas. Or you could be the, the 2000 men's basketball Maryland Terrapins where you go rip rip the nuts off of teams and take your national championship. That's how I want my national championship. I don't want to be like, oh, my God. Oh, look, a national championship. I found a national championship. Oh, my God. And just like oh, that, man. we come to the end of this show. So for the Balls BJ and the Midnight Rider, I'm the big guy, KG. We don't do no overtime, y'all. We are out of here. Oh, 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 oh,